the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. everybody it's another Al Gatulo craft beer cast on AM 970 the answer the pre-labor day version of the uh, show we've got a fantastic I mean honestly every week I say we have a fantastic show for you this week is a really really fantastic show we got news and notes to get to only one segment of that and no suds and duds but first how can you follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo Instagram at Gatulo G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O Facebook.com slash AG craft beer cast via email Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Podcasts. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You find the shows on those platforms. Alexa Ready as well, Odyssey.com, Hopped Up Network, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. You definitely want to check us out. The podcast version of the show comes out Monday mornings, usually a few minutes after the show. Just head over to the Hopped Up Network and uh, HoppedUpNetwork.com, and you can download and listen to it, as well as a plethora of others whenever you feel like it. Now, Coming up in the next segment, in the next three segments, Brett Taylor, Lindsey Steen, and Tyler March, the owners of Wild East Brewing in Brooklyn, will join me. Now, we're going to talk about how they opened during the pandemic, how they're doing, new restrictions in New York City, and a special event that's happening in October. Now, I recorded this at their brewery uh, almost two weeks ago, and that will take place just under 10 minutes from now. Let's dive into news, though, because we've got a lot of it. Uh, Why did I play Greta Van Fleet? To start the show, well, it's very simple. Uh, their new album, Strange Horizons 2021, uh, is out, and they've collaborated with a couple of different breweries. One was in Chicago, Ontour Brewing Company, uh, created a hazy IPA, citrus, tropical berry, and mango hop notes. Uh, it was already available at the uh, taproom of Ontour Brewing last week, uh, but to celebrate Strange Horizons, Ontour Brewing is hosting a Greta Van Fleet night on Thursday, September 2nd. That's coming up this week. Visit uh, ontourbrewingco.com uh, for more information, or you could just go to Greta Van Fleet's website and click on their links there, and you can find out um, how to um, for more information on this event, this Greta Van Fleet night on Thursday, September second. They also did a collaboration with Two Roads Brewing uh, on another hazy IPA packed with orange and tropical fruit aromas. The exclusive brew was available uh, or is available at the Two Roads Tasting Room. And it was also available at the Strange Horizons 2021 shows at Hartford Healthcare Amphitheater, which took place just a couple of days ago. So that's pretty cool that Greta Van Fleet came up with a uh, a beer to celebrate their album. And uh, it's a very limited tour, though. I'm kind of sad they're not going to be uh, near enough in the tri-state uh, for me to, uh, to go and see them. Our good friends from Ross Brewing, Woodfest is their 5.6% fest beer. It's done in partnership with their friends at Woody's Ocean Grill. Uh, it is a beautiful chestnut-colored lager 
Crisp, clean, refreshing, most of all, as they say, delicious. Woody's Restaurants in Seabright and Titton Falls, um, as they say, are absolute musts, not only for their great cuisine and fantastic mixed drinks, but their wonderful selection of local craft beers, including Ross Brewing. Uh, this is uh, in limited quantities and package form at some of your favorite local shops. Distro to follow later uh, in the week. And the only place on earth you can find the beer fresh on tap right now is at Woody's Restaurants in Seabright and Tinton Falls. So thanks to our friends from Ross Brewing for that info. Our friends from Trogues uh, is releasing their once-a-year hazy double IPA hop cyclone. This is a grain bill of Pilsner malt, Vienna malt, and wheat. It helps props up the hop oils that would normally fall out during fermentation. A hop combination of citrus, sabro, simcoe, and a sultana evoking notes of ripe pineapple, soft citrus, and juicy peach. London 3 Yeast does the hard work of fermenting this big double IPA. It's at 9%. It is available on draft and in 16-ounce cans right now everywhere Trogue's beer is sold. Our friends from Weldworks Brewing has had to make the decision to postpone the 2021 Weldworks Invitational uh, to next year to 2022. The brewery uh, was monitoring the public health concerns. They did receive feedback from participating breweries. Nearly half of them expressed that they would either not attend or were on the fence uh, about going. And knowing that this would lessen the experience of the Weldworks Invitational, the brewery has decided to look to next year to host the event. All ticket holders will be automatically refunded in full. 2021 ticket holders will have the first right of refusal for 2022 tickets to 2022 Weldworks Invitational, currently slated for mid-year next year so sorry about that from the folks at weldworks but you have to understand if half of the brewers are on the fence as to whether or not they're going to go or not it becomes very problematic of whether or not you can pull off an event like that uh and give people uh the most bang for their buck so i I understand it and um sorry about that and hopefully next year things will be uh, a lot better our friends from stone brewing now listen to this Stone has released the Stone Orange Scream Hazy IPA. So think, think uh, you know, like a creamsicle type of beer, right? This is the inaugural release of the new One Batch Dispatch Series, the nation's ninth largest craft brewery. They brewed 347,000 barrels of beer in 2020. In 2021, they are doing this single batch series, this One Batch Dispatch Series. But here's the catch. The ongoing series of special releases will feature Stone's most complex and interesting innovations, each brewed just once and available only at Stone locations and online. So you can only get this beer in California and Virginia. That's it. Only those places. Now, you can buy it online in California. They'll ship it to you in California. They will not ship out of state. If you live in California, you can get it at Stone's location. That's it. It's um, brewed with vanilla and orange. Think those classic creamsicle pops clocks in at eight and a half, eight point eight percent ABV. Um, again, it's going to ship direct, apparently to addresses in California. Additional states will follow. Uh, they say Nevada, Washington D.C., Kentucky, Ohio, and Virginia will follow shortly. Others continually rolling up. But from what Stone's uh, folks have told me, Lizzie from Stone told me this beer is specific for California uh, only. And I, I, yeah, specific for California only. I'm not sure. I don't think they said it was going to be uh, available uh, in Virginia on this one. Four-pack, 16-ounce cans uh, of the one-batch dispatch series beers will be brewed, packaged, and released approximately every six weeks. The first release uh, for this is September 2nd, uh, 2021, and each single batch will sell out fast. If you're in California and you want to sign up, go to Stone's website for that information. Our friends from Founders uh, are releasing a couple of different beers. Number one, KBS Cinnamon Vanilla Cocoa, 
Uh, this is a 12% ABV on this one. It's available in four packs of 12-ounce bottles and on draft beginning uh, back on August 27th in both the Grand Rapids and Detroit tap rooms. It'll be available across Founders Distribution Footprint late September, early October. The KBS Cinnamon Vanilla Cocoa will not be available in any format in, uh, in Mississippi. And pricing in the Founders tap rooms will be $24 for the four-pack. Prices will vary by market. Then they also announced the All-Day IPA line extension. It's a release of their Session Hazy IPA All-Day Haze. This is a sessionable 4.9% ABV uh, IPA. Uh, It is available in 15 packs of 12-ounce cans and four packs of 16-ounce cans across Founders' 50-state distribution footprint and on draft. This will be available in the Founders' Grand Rapids and Detroit tap rooms beginning in January of next year. Pricing in the Founders' tap rooms will be $18 for the 15-pack, $9 for the 6-pack. Well, it doesn't say. Well, it says 4-packs. Oh, 12-ounce cans. Okay, I got it. 16-ounce can uh, will be a little bit, uh, will probably be priced a little bit differently. And then finally, Harpoon and Dunkin' Donuts, for the fourth year in a row, uh, are coming out with a bunch of different uh, variations of their uh, Harpoon-Dunkin' uh, uh, collaboration, right? So they're also creating for this occasion the first ever Dunkin' walkthrough at Harpoon Brewery. It's open for one day only. That's on October 30th. So that's tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's Monday, October th- uh, August 30th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's a local pop-up, and it'll give fans a first taste of the new beers by ordering a pack to go as an added treat at the Boston event. Anyone who orders the new beers at the walkthrough will also receive a free Dunkin' Harpoon IPA donut filled with a Harpoon IPA jelly and topped with a candied malt crumble made just for the occasion and the first Dunkin' Donut to be made with beer as an ingredient. Attendees can also enjoy a cup of Dunkin' coffee while they're waiting for their offers. So there's four beers this season. Harpoon's Dunkin' Pumpkin Spice Latte Ale. That's uh, a, a 5.2% ABV. Then they've got these These other beers are all new. Harpoon Dunkin' Blueberry Matcha IPA. Uh, it's a hazy IPA in spl- uh, uh, with brewed with blueberries, matcha, and a blend of traditional and modern hops. Both tea-like and tropical with bright, juicy notes of mixed berry. It's a 6.6% ABV. Then they've got the Harpoon Dunkin' Maple Cream Blonde Ale, uh, brewed with actual Dunkin' Donuts and maple syrup, uh, subtle malty, not too sweet, uh, at a 5.5% ABV. And then finally, Harpoon, Harpoon, excuse me, Harpoon Dunkin' Midnight American Porter. Uh, it is the beer that started it all, just got better, a riff on a classic Dunkin' Coffee Porter, brewed with Dunkin's new Midnight Roast Coffee, uh, dark chocolate notes, and an espresso-like finish. And that is a 6% ABV. The uh, the Harpoon Dunkin' Pumpkin will be available on draft and in bottled six-packs, as well as in the new Harpoon Dunkin' Dozen Mix Pack. It features three cans of each seasonal beer flavor. The limited releases will be available everywhere Harpoon is sold beginning in September. But again, the pop-up is Monday, August 30th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Harpoon Brewery in Boston. You'll get a free Dunkin' Harpoon IPA donut filled with a Harpoon IPA jelly that is topped with a candid malt crumble, and you can enjoy Dunkin' Coffee as well while you're waiting for your beers. Very cool there. Now, when we come back after a short break, Brett Taylor, Lindsey Steen, Tyler March, the owners of Wild East Brewing in Brooklyn, are going to join me for the next three segments. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, we are coming to you from Wild East Brewing. They're located at 623 Hackett Street in Brooklyn, New York. It would technically be the Gowanus section of the borough. Is that correct, guys? That's correct. Okay. So they're right down the block from Three's Brewing and a number of others, which we will get to in a moment. We even have a little baby in the background. This is awesome. I love it. So my my guests here, the co-owners or tri-owners, if you will, of the brewery, um, opened just before the pandemic started in February of last year, and they are honestly, folks, killing it with their beers. Traditional styles like Pilsner's, Saison's, Stout's, an English mild that I am drinking right now that is fantastic, Berlin Iron Vices, Saison's, all kinds of things that a lot of breweries have not concentrated on in their opening of their brewery. For more info on the brewery, just go to wildeastbrewing.com. Let me welcome for the very first time on the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, Brett Taylor, Lindsay Steen, Tyler March. Uh, all of you, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me here. Secondly, how are all of you? Good, no complaints. No complaints? Hanging in there. Hanging in? Doing well, yeah. All right. Um, how did the three of you get started? Were you all friends with a mutual love for beer? Uh, or was it just kind of, or, you know, how, how did you guys all get together to open the, the brewery? Uh, <laughs> I would say it's, it was more, it's more organic. Um, so it, it kind of started, me and me, I, I met Brett because we were both homebrewers and we were pretty active in the New York City homebrewer scene. And we, at the time, this was probably like almost 10 years ago at this point, but we were doing lots of public events where they would invite 20 or 30 homebrewers to come serve their beer at some venue in Brooklyn or Manhattan, Mm -hmm. and they would sell tickets to several hundred attendees who would come and try all the different beers that the homebrewers were serving, and it was really our first chance to actually serve beer we made to totally random people that, that weren't just our friends and family and um, it's always a nice way when when you're home brewer to get honest feedback because if you're home brewing and you're just giving beers to your you know your wife or your friends they're gonna gloss it over and say that it's it's good this is, even if it's not good so right it's, so it's kind of a nice little test to actually serve it to the public who paid money to sure come to this event so anyway so I, that's how I met Brett because we were both doing these events at the same time and we had kind of a mutual um i guess uh like understanding of each other's process for brewing and the beers we made and you know we were all very very complimentary of each other's beers and um from there like brett uh told me he was starting or he had the business plan he was starting to think about opening a brewery and i offered However, I could get involved, uh, whether it's an investor or, you know, work, working with them one way or another. And he said, well, I would actually like to take on, you know, some sort of partner and I think you might be a good fit for that. Okay. So we sort of ran with it from there. And then I, I'll let Lindsay, well, do you want to add to that, Brad? <laughs> oh, no, not really. I think Tyler covered it pretty well. But we, uh, yeah, we had, we had set out, um, we had set out with, you know, the first thing we did was Tyler rewrote, you know, rewrote the business plan. And he was like, we need to make it bigger. I was starting with a seven-barrel system. He's like, we need to go to at least a 15-barrel system um, to make the numbers work. And, and so we, like, kind of reworked a lot of things. Um, the, the, the core idea was always was always the same. Like, it was going to be sort of a farmhouse-style brewery. Um, but we were going to do a little bit of, uh, a little bit of uh, you know, hazy beer on the, and some maybe some West Coast beer, that sort of thing. Right. Um, Loggers. Loggers were always like there, but never, never to what they are now. 
I guess we'll get to that later. So I, um, you know, I was working on the business plan, and then and then I went to brewing school, and then and quit my journalism career, and, and just started working in breweries full time, and uh, and then you know, which is which is all toward uh, toward doing this. Right. Um, that being said, I, I I love I love it so much. I would have happily just you know work for work work for people um, for a long time, but um, you know I. I what I wanted to do was something that a lot, not a lot of people were doing. So, um, we, you know, we, we sort of like, we sort of like pull, or started to pulling in the same direction, that, you know, the, the two of us. And then, um, we knew we needed more, we needed, we were missing some, we were missing something. Mm-hmm. And, um, we started, we're trying to, we're trying to find investors and, and somewhere along the line we found Lindsay and she literally had everything that we were missing. Um, her background was everything that we, you know, that we didn't have. All right. And so, Lindsay, your background to complete um, the puzzle here? Let's see. Or complete the equation? Yeah. So I had brought in, I had actually had started uh, writing up a business plan on my own with another partner and life happened and uh, she had to move back to Colorado. So okay. I was looking for other business partners. As Brett said, we stumbled upon each other. And my background is um, kind of science and business, so okay. in sales. So, you know, we I, when I came in, took a look over the business plan. Um, you know, we all just kind of had the right chemistry to like, hey, I think I think this is all a good fit. Um, added more to the business plan. Um, did a lot with the numbers, um, and from there, I think the ball just really started to roll and things really started to take off. Okay. Um, you know, we were um, making pitches to investors, looking for space, which was daunting. And well, then... Well, let me stop you there for a second. It, in terms of the space, it, was Brooklyn always the destination that you wanted to be in? Or was there other... You know, maybe we'll think outer boroughs. Maybe we'll think, you know, New Jersey. Maybe we'll think Long Island. Brooklyn was always kind of the focal point for you guys? We looked in Queens as well. Yeah. Um, and we, were, we, you know, we actually did make an offer on a spot in in uh, Ridgewood, um, but it, it that fell through. Okay. Um, we were looking, we were looking in Bushwick because we we started looking down here initially. Maybe even before. No, we didn't start looking at places until Lindsay came came on board. But we um, we looked down here a little bit, and we just we saw like all oh, the the landlords won't they like don't put anything into it. it's like you you know we were trying to find somebody where they're gonna they're gonna put a little something into the building maybe right so we started looking out in, in bushwick and we were finding people who were maybe more willing to do that but they wanted this stipulation that if because you know the, there was that like williamsburg exodus toward mm-hmm. bushwick and they were and it was it was starting to see this like they were thinking they were going to blow up the way williamsburg did so they wanted they wanted an out from from the industry if they could if, if it became a point where they could put in a high-rise or something there. Interesting. So everybody wanted an out, and it was like, we had a really good spot there. Um, it was huge. It was like, yeah, it fronted on two different streets. Mm. Um, but they, it, first of all, it was too expensive. I'm glad it fell through. And, um, <laughs> House me. of Member House of Yes. Well, yeah, House of Yes took, took, took the taproom side of it away, and then, okay. and then that fell through because everything's expensive out there. Right. But, like, yeah, no, they literally wanted to be able to kick you out in a year if... if if they got rezoned, and the, they were going to give you a, give us a pittance uh, to to like soften the blow, but it was basically just enough money to probably just to, to clear our um, 
to clear everything out. Of, you know, it would have been just enough to clear everything out of there and right. you know pay pay for pay for somebody to put. It would never been enough time for us to find another space to put another um, you know to 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 do another build out. Right. And why and why invest why invest like that if they're going to make you you know back out exactly. with all of the equipment that you have? It would yeah. it would just be cost prohibitive. It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Right? I mean, we could have hit our stride and you know accomplished everything we wanted to accomplish, and then got a letter in the mail that said we have two months to to vacate pack up right. your tanks and right. find and another place later. to put them yeah. Yeah. but I think that the interesting moral of the story is pretty much every space we looked at and there, there must have been 40 or 50 of them are all still vacant yeah. uh, our offer which wasn't much lower than what they were asking for right. fell through that we know that we weren't good weren't good enough for what they were expecting and several years later these buildings are still vacant no one's taking them so I don't we're, part of me is convinced that a lot of these landlords don't actually want to rent their building. Yeah. I think they're getting they're getting tax breaks or something that's more beneficial than actually having a, a tenant that yeah. they have to manage Un- and deal with. Understood. So, look, everything happens for a reason, and there's yeah. a reason why you're here. So that, there you go. Now, one of the things that I love about your beers is the traditional styles that you make. You were mentioning, uh, Brett, about how... At first, lagers weren't really the plan, and now that's become the plan. You guys do a lot of pilsners, a lot of lagers. But as you started to brew, was that the direct... Because everybody's doing an IPA. You guys really don't do many. Was that when you started to brew and started putting everything together, that's the direction that you wanted to go in? So as it happened, we, you know, we, we started brewing at the end of December, or in the middle of December 2019. The first beers that were going to go in, yes, we were going we to have a house, a house lager, a pilsner, a German-style pilsner, fun house. So it's the second beer that we brewed. That was always part of the plan um, to do to do a Czech pilsner, a Czech amber, a Czech dark lager, to do a Schwartz beer, to do a Fest beer. Um, that was not to do a Maybach. That that breadth, the breadth of what we ended up doing with lagers was not part of the plan. Um, so I'll be honest with you, when I don't know that it would have worked out quite the same way had COVID not kind of fallen on us just as we were trying to get going we had a lot more time on our hands the beer wasn't moving nearly as fast because suddenly we're a a brewery that went from 100 percent uh distribution while we finished out our tap room to 100 percent uh to go literally overnight right and um we had this time on our hands we had we our first loggers got Six weeks, eight weeks. I think. I think our first, some of our first loggers got eight weeks in the bright tank, and um, they were really good. I mean, we we had, we did get our system built with with some extra um, process piping to be able to do decoction mashing. So we definitely had a plan to make traditional lager. It just it wasn't. We never thought we were going to be known for it. Okay. Um, and we're happy to be because, like, to say that we make lager in Saison, it's a very simple way for me to describe what we do. Right. We do a lot more than just that. But, like, if, I, if I'm if i ever trying to, like, just make a quick point, I'm like, well, I don't, don't look at me. I make lager in Saison. You know? Like, right, right. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's, let's hold on that for a second. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Brett Taylor, Lindsey Steen, and Tyler Marsh. We're going to talk more about Wild East Brewing and more about the pandemic and opening during a pandemic. Uh, and the process of that. And we'll get into some more stuff, too. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The Answer will be back right after this. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The Answer. We're coming to you live from the Wild East Brewing Company. They are located 623 Sackett Street. I said Hackett Street because I was thinking, obviously, of Buddy Hackett. 
uh, idiot that I am. Uh, we're talking with Brett Taylor, Lindsey Steen, and Tyler Marsh. And I am drinking a delicious English mild. You don't find many brewers that are making English milds anymore. You don't find a lot of breweries that are making traditional beer styles. So um, let's talk a little bit more, uh, Brett, about uh, in, in the previous break, we were talking about how you guys opened during a pandemic and how you weren't planning on doing traditional stuff at the start. But because you had more time in the tanks and stuff, um, you were able to develop these flavors that were able to get uh, these different beers out. So let me let me let me see. But you you guys opened you you had customers in here a little bit because February you opened February of last year, so you did have some traffic in here, and then you basically had a shutdown. You had all these beer beers in the tanks, and now all of a sudden you got to start canning. Yeah. Right. Um, and you don't have a can. You don't have a. I mean, you probably have a mobile canner, right? Right. 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 But so, everybody's calling on the mobile canner at this point, right? Right. Well, so what I, do you do? I, I do want to. I do want to take a step back real quickly. Sure. We always were planning to make traditional styles. We just. It's just. The, the you were going to ease into the, it. The, the break. The breakdown was going to be different. I mean, we we made uh, 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 the first batch of, of temperance that you're drinking. There, we made that was our the third beer we made. Okay. Um, so we definitely always had a plan to do to do those beers, but. The focus was going to be on barrel-aged sours, uh, mixed culture, saisons, um, with with like, which um, you know, depending on how you look at it, we consider we do consider those to be classic styles. Um, but it was never we we weren't we weren't playing to be such a big lager brewery. I'll, right. I'll say that. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, we um, we actually did not any. We did a couple of private events with in the tap room before it was finished before we got open but we never um we were never actually open to the public we were we were doing all distribution we were planning to open this like around april 1st and um and that got derailed uh until late so, last year yeah right? and we just opened as we could after that you know we opened as we were allowed to and we had to like sort of scale back as mm. we were forced to as well so it was always a um it was always just a matter of trying to keep, trying to keep up, keep our heads above water. So just, well, let me, then let me ask you this. That leads me into my next question. You guys are open now. Obviously, there was social distancing at first. Now everything's open at 100%. Now Mayor de Blasio comes in, and I, I don't want to make things political because that's not what this show is about. But he did say, all right, everybody's got to show a vaccination card in order to come into a bar, a restaurant, a brewery, whatever the case may be, a gym. How do you guys feel about uh, those regulations? Are you guys okay with that? Were you okay with before, you know, basically on the honor system, if somebody's in with a mask or they don't tell you how they're vaccinated? My, my, I guess my objection to the whole thing is you guys as owners having to be the police to police people that come in and you get some, you know, somebody who's going to be rude and say, I don't want to show you my vaccination card. Why do I have to show you? Are you guys okay with that, with people showing their vaccination cards, or are you not? I mean, we we kind of discussed this when we knew after the press conference had come out, right. and um, we personally feel that, like, the our clientele, I think most of them are vaccinated anyways, Right. we don't think it's going to affect us that much. Um, the good thing is, is we, have, we had already had a security company in place uh, here for other reasons and they you know rather than putting that burden on our staff which you know it's not their job and we also don't want to put them in a position of having to deal with a you know an unreasonable customer sure so you know we have the security in place to do the checks and you know it's, it's just an inconvenience and an extra expense for us really. right um, but in terms of it affecting our business uh, we don't feel that it's going to have a major impact on us so it's just sure. 
again, we've been so used to rules changing, mm -hmm. you know, constantly, you know, this time they at least gave us a little bit of time to get everything in place till they start enforcing it. Cause it right. won't be enforced until September 13th when they'll do inspections, issue fines, if you, you know, if you don't have your, you know, <clears throat> your <clears throat> system in place. Right. So, um, you know, that's kind of where we Okay. stand for it. I, oh, sorry, I was going to add to that. I think what helps is that every single business, I mean, pretty much every single indoor business in New York City is going to have to follow these right. guidelines. So it's not like we're the only place in town that's requiring this and everyone's like, well, I can just go down the street to somewhere else. It's like every you want to go to a restaurant, you want to go to a bar, you want to go to a brewery. Exactly. So I think it's going to be normalized pretty quickly. People will get used to it. Right. They'll just know that's that's how it is. We're talking with Brett Taylor, Lindsey Steen, and Tyler March uh, from Wild East Brewing. Uh, for more info on the brewery, just go to wildeastbrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So let's talk about the bar for a second, Tyler. Uh, when I walked in, the, the, the horseshoe shape of, of the, the bar, you don't see this at breweries. It's usually a traditional bar back behind, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the tanks are behind or where, however the tap system is. You have this essentially like a bar you i mean and that was the design from the beginning that's what you guys wanted to do because you wanted to encourage conversation right yeah that's correct um we actually in the very very beginning we had thought about putting the bar in the back and it would just be a straight bar like a lot of bars and breweries have um, then we started thinking about the flow of customers and we realized when everyone's kind of crowding into the same space mm. it's hard to get a drink it's hard to find a space of the bar to order so this was an uh, interesting way to kind of create more surface area and we'd have it right in the middle of the tap room so there's lots of different points of entry to get to where the bartenders are but also as you mentioned the communal aspect to it to where no matter where you're sitting at the bar you're facing other people versus everyone just facing the wall or facing right. the bartenders and i think it really creates a nice inclusive community and um, you know interactive feel to the tap room. The, the other thing that I love, and I notice this in some breweries and in other breweries you don't, there's no TVs in here. It's all about engaging in conversation, which I love. The, there's a place by me uh, locally uh, down the street from me, uh, Wet Ticket Brewing in Rahway, New Jersey. There's no TVs in there. The, the whole point of it is you're in there to have a beer, you're in there to have conversation, and it becomes, and, I, and I've, I've noticed this of a lot of breweries, it becomes kind of the communal place where the neighborhood gets together and discusses about what's going on in life and what's happening in the area or whatever, and that, I guess that was always a part of it too. I mean, obviously you have music in here that's going when the brewery's open, but a lot of it was to encourage conversation between people correct that, that is definitely the main the main uh idea behind that is just to make it a place about yeah where you hang out you drink beer you, you yeah you chat we do have a tv it's a it's a roll down screen um it's literally only been used for the for the euro cup um, okay and uh which we found great because we had people half hour before we opened waiting to get in and just sit and watch soccer and, awesome. and drink beer and it, it, it actually was a really good experience um yeah it was it was a really great that's see now that's very cool so we're just uh, kind of a special yeah yeah. Kind of thing. yeah we don't right. want people to zone out and like a, yeah. like at a sports bar and just you know when, when the it's halftime and it's commercials and people are just kind of like staring at the tv we something we definitely don't want yeah. right we we put this in for special events like special tournaments maybe you know super bowl what just yeah Few and far between, mm -hmm. just because we know there's some days that it's good to have, and 
um, it's it's just a nice option, but we use it very sparingly. We didn't even show the Olympics, which you know. Well, how so. could you? I mean, they're on it. You know, the live exactly. events are on exactly. at three o'clock in the that morning. Is, that this is true. The biggest mistake that NBC made, and I, I, I hate to, as an aside here, the biggest mistake NBC made was they made you search for whatever it was that you wanted to watch, and their streaming mm-hmm. was awful. <laughs> and most people that. wanted to watch the events live. I, I, that was baffling to me, especially that you spend so much money, uh, or at least NBC did for the Olympics. So. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to uh, talk about here, it's a, the, the place reminds me very much of, and uh, Brett and I were discussing this before we started, of the seed in Atlantic City. Uh, the seed brewing in Atlantic City has a very similar type of space where there's a lot of plants, a lot of, you know, it's all about, you know, the hops and growing them out of the ground and stuff. And that's kind of the feel that I get here, especially with the exposed brick and stuff. Was that always another part of the design of the brewery of what you guys wanted to do or it just kind of happened that way? Yeah, we definitely wanted to, to be a space that um, was different than kind of your stereotype brewery that's raw, industrial, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of what you see in Brooklyn. And there's fantastic tap rooms in Brooklyn, that, um, but we wanted to be have a different feel. Sure. Um, you know, we kind of wanted it to be say modern city farmhousey and and it just kind of took on its own character in a way um with the the person we worked with that did the design work we really liked uh, we liked the proposal of all the wood that's in here mm-hmm. it's, it's cedar um and the plants so yeah it was definitely the idea that we had had all along and and cool this is what we wanted All right, let's take another break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, how you guys just recently ventured into New Jersey with distribution. Uh, You do self-distribute here in New York, but you've uh, just started to move into New Jersey uh, to get your beers out there. And let's talk about the the pizza party event that was on Staten Island a couple of weeks ago where you and I, Lindsay, ran into each other uh, that Killsborough put on. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a lot lot of other things when we come back after the break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. It's the final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. No suds and duds this week. That'll return uh, actually two weeks from tonight because next week is going to be Labor Day weekend. And I'm doing the best of next week, folks. I'm sorry. I do this show live all the time, or actually tape to, live to tape, but next week we're taking off for Labor Day. So anyway, uh, we are sitting here at Wild East Brewing in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Brett Taylor, Lindsay Steen, Tyler March, kind enough to have me here uh, at the brewery. Um, Lindsay, let me ask you, you, got, you recently ventured into New Jersey with distribution. Um, how is the experience so far? How, were people receptive? I know you guys did, um, you guys did an event at the Sterling Hotel. That's where I first... Um, I came out to one of your uh, TAP events. Um, a mutual friend of mine uh, is actually uh, an investor. I'm not revealing anything that's a, a secret there. He's an investor in the company. He turned me on to you guys and told me about the event at the Sterling Hotel. But you guys are uh, distributing in New Jersey. How's that going so far? Uh, it's going really good. Um, we have we had really talked about expanding into distribution just with the unknowns of what was going to happen with covid sure and uh, we had been interviewing some distributors you know looking at expanding throughout new york and we were approached by justin um he's one of the co-founders of liquid runner and we talked to him and kind of similarly how we all met it just kind of felt right uh he was you know a lot smaller but again it's we we didn't want to commit with a distributor that, you know, we were going to have to kind of overnight just transform our production. Right. Um, you know, start small, have somebody that can really focus and know how to sell our beer. Um, obviously, because we've discussed, we have some 
a lot of special beer. Sure. Um, we didn't want to become diluted in a in a mix of craft beers, you know, with the bigger distributors. So, you know, he had just started his company in January of this year. Okay. And uh, we started small. We limited the areas that we were distributing in just to to see how it was going. And then just recently, uh, this end this month, uh, we expanded out to the whole state. Like cool. We opened up the whole state. Very cool. Um, and it's going, so far, it's going really good. Good. Um, that's good. Now, the other thing, we, you and I, Lindsay, actually met at the pizza party event on Staten Island that, uh, that Killsborough did at Snug Harbor. Um, what did you think of that event? Um, I thought, I, to be honest with you, I love the fact that everybody there brought a Pilsner, a lager. It went perfect with the pizza that they were doing. A couple of people brought some IPAs and stuff, but for the most part, it was mostly, I mean, my wife enjoyed it because she's not a big IPA fan, so she was happy that it was a lot of stuff that she could actually drink. Um, but what did you think of that event, uh, the experience, and the people that were there? You know, I festivals, you never know what they're going to bring. Oh, yeah. And I came out of that really pleased with it. You know, the crowd was just very joyful, very respectful, um, very well behaved. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some crowds just aren't. You know, no. awesome festivals go. It's true. Uh, and it was just, it was a really good atmosphere there. Our beer was very well received. We had a lot of repeats coming back mm. saying they loved the Pilsner that we were serving. Uh, it, all around, it was a great event. And cool. we're also happy to support Killsborough in it. So. Yeah, I mean, what Sean does over there in, yeah. what, in such a small system that he has, and he's, it, part of it was that he's building his brewery uh, behind Snug Harbor. And so this was a part of the event. Snug Harbor holds a, a dear place in my heart. I grew up on Staten Island, so we used to go there in grade school and learn about the history of Snug Harbor. So I was happy to contribute to that event. It was just a, a, yeah. a really nice day, and the weather was perfect, too. Oh, that the weather was makes a big difference. But following up on the pizza question, yeah. we're in Brooklyn. You guys obviously don't serve food. People come in here to drink beer, but they also order food around here. Best pizza, I'm going to ask the three of you, the best pizza in this area of Brooklyn. So, Lindsay, I'm going to start with you. There's no right or wrong answer here. Nobody's going to get, well, maybe, but. Depends on what kind of pizza I'm really picky about. Traditional, a traditional slice. Just a traditional. Like traditional New York slice? Yeah, traditional I mean, I like to go to Union Pizza. That's okay. just, you know, a block away. We, we, uh, we actually have a barcode you can scan to have it brought directly to your table here. Cool. So, you know, he makes a good, you know, just straight up. New York slice of pizza. Okay. So. He, also, he also makes, I think, the best grandma slice in, in oh, anywhere in this part of the place. Really? Awesome. Yeah. Gra- yeah. That's that's his, like really that's his main thing. That's his so. bread and butter. Yeah. Okay. Good. I um I though, you know, if, if I'm gonna if I have my druthers of anything, it's usually the um if I'm gonna get pizza, I'm usually usually you're gonna get table eighty seven yeah. or go up to um, uh, what's the one up uh, right up the street there on 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 Union. Um, oh, PDA. PDA, yeah. PDA. Uh, this yeah. is really good too. I mean, you know how, I mean, like, we were talking about Tallulah's. Uh, right. I love, I lived in Italy for a while. Okay. I love traditional Neapolitan pizza, which is hard to find here. But True. a good traditional New York slice, you know. Tallulah's is fantastic. For those who haven't been to Asbury Park, Tallulah's makes fantastic pizza, and they're also at Alternate Ending Beer in Aberdeen, New Jersey. They do a great job. Lived in Italy. We have to chat about that in just a second. Not that I've ever lived in Italy, but there's there's a, a big beer scene in Italy that um, is starting to really uh, come about. Tyler, uh, your favorite pizza here in Brooklyn? Um, again, that's a tough call. I, when I'm at the brewery, I like Union and PDA. Um, I live 
or I used to live right down the street. I, I moved just a little further down the street, but me and my wife would always go to Table 87. Cause okay. It was just, it's great. It was in the neighborhood, and they do the whole, like, coal oven kind of thing. So okay. that, was, that was my other go-to. Good, good well, enough. Real quick, shout-out to Luke Colley's, though. I mean, that's walkable from oh, here, yeah. too, and that, that place is, that's, like, some of the best really in, in New York City. All right. All right. Very good. We're talking with Brett Taylor, Lindsey Steen, and, and Tyler Marsh. Uh, they, we are here in Brooklyn, New York, at Wild East Brewing. For more info on the brewery, just go to wildeastbrewing.com. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, within a few blocks of this place, you got Threes Brewing up the street, you got Finback, you got Strong Rope, quite an enclave of breweries around here. Um, have you guys done any collaborations with any of the breweries yet? Are you planning on doing a collab? I'm, I'm sure that all three of the, the breweries have been here to try the beer, to you know, spark up relationships or whatever, but any thought of doing a collab with any of the breweries? We did a, we did, well, first of all, we did a strong rip collaboration before we opened. Jason's an old friend of ours. Okay. Where, you know, we, um, you know, he's a personal friend. We, we go way back. Um, uh, we did a collaboration this year um, with all, all of us together. It was called, um, it was loosely called Canal Beer. And um, it was, the, basically we were just trying to make a, um, some riff on a, a, on a, three and a half percent beer. Um, we did a light American lager. Um, uh, Finback did a Mexican lager. Uh, Threes did a cream ale, and um, Stronger Up did a California com. Uh, sorry, a, a Kentucky com. Okay. And so, but they were all the same idea. They all released for um, for Memorial Day weekend, and um, and they they all included a. a, a a donation to the uh, Gowanus Conservancy. Oh, cool! Um, so it was a fun little it was a fun little thing to do, um, and uh, yeah, there'll definitely be more of that sort of thing um, in the future. Yeah, as things it's such on. a great little great little group because I mean, it's funny because Threes and, and us are, are so similar stylistically. Yes, um, you know, probably the, the two most similar breweries in the city. Uh, of like, if you were to take any two that do the same sort of thing. Um, but it's it's gone really well. I mean, they um, they're 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 a de facto distributor for us out in Long Island. They they buy they'll buy like ten cases of something from us, and then they'll, they'll send it out to Huntington, cool. um, or they'll sell some in their store over here. That's um, great. They're very supportive. Those those two egg shaped fooders over there in the mm-hmm. front they gave to us because they outgrew them. Um, we've lent them pallets of cans before during the can shortage. Um, yeah, that's know. what I love about the brewery industry yeah. is everybody tries to help everyone else out. You're all go- trying going after the same piece of the pie, but. There's always a point where, oh, I need something, and somebody always seems to help out, which I think is is awesome. Now, uh, speaking of the future, you guys have an anniversary party coming up. Even though you didn't really have a traditional <laughs> grand opening, a traditional anniversary, would you guys have something coming up in October? Is that correct? We do. We do. We haven't really uh, put it out there yet, okay. but we have often had, as Brett put it, uh, friendly, friendly discussions around... Uh, when is our grand opening and when is when did we open and we kind of I, I call us an or- orphan of COVID because we never got to right uh, we kind of were softly opening our doors under the radar COVID hit we officially opened the day of shutdown because we could we had a crawler machine and we had beer on draft and right we had to go into survival mode so mm-hmm. we picked a date that was kind of synonymous with uh, you know and that date is? Can we can we give the official date, or are we going to hold off? Can we say the month at least? Yeah. We can o- say October. 
October eighth is is the plan date. Okay. So it's 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 I would say ninety five percent confirmed, but um, loosely I, I guess we can shed light on some of the plans. We'll do some special releases. We'll probably have a DJ. We'll have at least one food truck, maybe two. Um, so we're just gonna we're gonna make it as fun as and exciting as possible, and uh, you know make it worth everyone's time to come out. And we'll kind of for us, I guess it's closure on our build out, which we <laughs> we've obviously been open. We kind of evolved into you know baby step by step right. um, opened up to where we are today. So we never really like had that full unveiling, and that's what we that's what we need to get out of the way before yeah. we can get on with our lives. I right. Think. So October 8th is going to be the party. We'll get more details as it, as it gets closer. And, of course, we'll bring it to you here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Um, Brett, Tyler, Lindsay, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes here. I, I, you know, I appreciate you guys having me at the brewery. Uh, this English Mild uh, Temperance, I believe you call it, is fantastic. I love it. I could probably drink seven more of them, and then I wouldn't be able to drive home. You wouldn't be able Would to. I? That's a point of temperance. Hmm. I eat a couple slices of pizza. Be good to go. Yeah, there you go. There you go, uh, <laughs> folks. We are out of time here. Uh, we will be back uh, next week on Labor Day weekend. It'll be a best of. I'm not sure what we're going to have it on the program. We'll replay some interviews. Uh, we'll get those to you on social media uh, during the week. My thanks to everybody involved in the show, and of course, last but not least, and if I don't mention him, he's going to get mad at me. The great Buddy Watson. I will be back Monday on the Joe Piscopo show. Uh, this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.